Guys, before we get into today's episode, I have a really important announcement I want to make sure you do not miss. March is going to be a really exciting month in the Primal Potential universe, and I wanted you to be the first to know that I am hosting a completely free training on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You do need to register, and the easiest way for you to do that is to just find me on Instagram and message me with the word tips, T-I-P-S, tips, and I'll send you the link to register. Otherwise, I'm going to make a point to put it in the show descriptions, but message me tips. It'll go to you automatically. Get in touch with me in any way you can if you want that link to register, and for some reason you can or can't figure out how to message me with the word tips, but that's going to be the easiest way because here's the thing. There's a lot of things that we want to be able to do intuitively, automatically, without so much hard work and effort. But to get to the point where you're doing it intuitively and as a matter of habit, you've got to do it intentionally. And that comes with a lot of challenges, whether those challenges are our own excuses, our fears of failure, All of the past times we've tried and failed that make us doubt that we can do it, or maybe it's social situations that pull us away from our goals. I want to walk you through a process of creating your own personal protocol that takes into account all of the unique factors about you, your preferences, your lifestyle, your most common excuses, your fears and your doubts. And I want to take you through that process live in a format where I can answer your questions in real time. And we're going to be doing that on this free training that again is Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Find me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Message me the word tips, T-I-P-S, and I'll automatically send you that link so it can happen really fast. You don't have to wait on my reply. That's the best and easiest way. I'll also, moving forward, make a point to put the link in the show description, but I really want you to be there. It is live. You do have to register. It is Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mark your calendar. Make sure to register. I also have some pretty exciting announcements Maybe the most exciting things that have happened in Primal Potential in the last almost 10 years or coming up on 10 years, I really want you to be there. Message me the word tips. I'll automatically kick you that registration link. If for some reason you can't do that, send a smoke signal, flag me down, find a way to get in touch with me. I want you to be there. Mark your calendar now, and I will plan to see you for that live training Thursday, March 21st, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported thousands of women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. So if you're frustrated, If you're doubting yourself, if you're not enjoying the journey, there's a better way. 
Together, we'll break through your past patterns, we'll eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and most importantly, enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Hope you are having an amazing day today. I am going to share with you a conversation I have been having with myself quite often lately, intentionally, because it is helpful. And it's a conversation I've been having with myself when I notice that I'm looking for things to feel easier, or sometimes it happens at the same time, it's the same moment, when I notice that I'm resisting something that feels hard or challenging. It could be when all three of the kids are in chaos and I'm just wanting it to be easier, like wanting to get to the point where it's bedtime. (laughs) That's easier. Or If something feels challenging, like not having the cupcakes for Roman's birthday, not eating them, and I'm resisting that disciplined choice, it's a conversation I have with myself in those kinds of moments. Sometimes it's related to food. Sometimes it's related to getting up when my alarm goes off and I don't want to and I want to stay in bed. Like it's just so much easier. I don't want to do the challenging thing or the thing that feels challenging in that moment of getting up when my alarm goes off. So I'm going to break down that conversation. We're not going to start there, but you're going to want to hang with me because it has been, continues to be super powerful for me and I'm really eager to share it with you. Where I want to start though is by acknowledging that for all of us, there is a natural deterioration of enthusiasm. And though it is not a problem, this is predictable and normal and completely okay, because so many of us aren't intentional about it and aware about it and engaged in the process, it feels like a problem. There is a cycle and I've been in it a number of times, I would dare say anybody that can hear the sound of my voice has been in it as well, where you're initially fired up, driven by something positive or not. It could be you're fired up because you've got a vacation coming up and you want to lose weight so that you feel good in your vacation clothes or you look good in your vacation pictures or whatever. Or it could be negatively driven feeling bad about your financial situation, feeling bad about your body, like any, you're fired up. Enthusiasm is high for change. And then as that level of emotion naturally comes down, there is a very natural deterioration of enthusiasm. So does your level of action. So there's something that happens that leads to high drive. And over time, not because there's anything wrong with you or the situation, that drive comes down and your level of action goes down with it until something happens again that makes enthusiasm or drive high. 
the higher the level of enthusiasm, the greater the action, the lower the level of enthusiasm, the lower ac of action. It, it doesn't have to be this way. I would dare say it can't be this way if you want to be consistent. That is a recipe for inconsistency. We do not have to stay in this cycle of, we'll call it deterioration of enthusiasm, but know that with every emotion, whether we're talking about enthusiasm, we're talking about anger, or we're talking about joy, or we're talking about frustration, or we're talking about gratitude, or we're talking about resentment, every emotion changes in its intensity. You could be really, really angry about something today, and chances are six months from now or six years from now, it doesn't feel the same level of intensity. Sometimes these changes happen in really small windows. These fluctuations happen in small windows. You could be really fired up at eight in the morning and at two in the afternoon, that feeling is not there. It has, it has not peaked. <laughs> it, has, it is way lower than it was. This is normal. But if you act as though A, it's a problem and B, you have no influence over it, you're just going to continue to be in that cycle. There are more than a few ways to go about breaking this cycle. I want to talk about two of them, and that'll lead me to this conversation that I've been having with myself that's been so helpful lately. Just even thinking about it makes me feel determined. And often in my days, I need to be determined. And more than determined, this conversation that I've been having with myself makes me step into challenging myself willingly, desires to challenge myself. And I, I love that and I also need it. So first, let's talk about one of the ways that we can break this cycle of high enthusiasm, high action, but when enthusiasm is lower, action is lower. We can't stay in that if we want to be consistent. So the first way is to work on discipline, to work on executing regardless of how you feel. There's a Kevin Kelly quote that I love, and it says, the purpose of habit is to remove that act, whatever act you're building the habit of, from self-negotiation. The purpose of habit is to remove that act from self-negotiation. So if you truly have a habit, then you do it whether you are in a state of high emotion or low emotion, whether you're tired or you're not tired. Brushing my teeth is a great example of this. I brush my teeth when I'm brushing my teeth in the morning. It's always before I shower. So it doesn't matter if I'm in a rush. It doesn't matter if I don't feel like it. It doesn't matter if I'm in a bad mood. It doesn't matter if I'm arguing with Chris. Like that's It's a habit. And because it is a habit, there is no negotiation. There is no, oh, I'll do it later. Oh, I'll start tomorrow. Because it's a habit. And the amazing thing about a habit is that it's free from all of those mental manipulations. It's free from impact based on your emotional state or your circumstances. I could have a really bad day at work and I'm still going to brush my teeth, right? That's just, I don't, I don't even begin to negotiate out of that. If you are in a pattern of negotiating because, well, it was a stressful day. Well, I'm tired. I'll do better tomorrow. It's my birthday. It's not a habit. 
And that is not an indictment. You don't have to be judgmental about that. Oh, gosh, it seems that working out isn't a habit because I negotiate based on my circumstances or my emotions. That's information. We don't have to assign some judgment criteria to that. It's information. Oh, wow. Okay. I need to do some more work for that to be a habit. And I'll know that it's a habit when it's not influenced by my circumstances or my emotions. There is something in your life like this. The easiest one for me to think about is brushing my teeth, right? Because I just have never said to myself, I'm too overwhelmed to brush my teeth, you know? But there are other things where, yeah, my emotional state is something I use to negotiate. What do you do when you recognize that you are, in fact, negotiating? To build consistency because that's really what we're after, is to become consistent. You have to be consistent for something to be a habit. And we know that it's a habit when our circumstances or our emotions aren't used to negotiate out of it. To create consistency, I teach this every single day inside the consistency course. You have to be willing to start small and do less. You're not a failure when you're trying to build consistency with six or seven things or one thing that's multifactorial. Like So many people attach uh, attack nutrition from the standpoint of like, I need to eat better. I need to eat better. That is so general. That is not small. It is not specific. And when it's not specific, it's very difficult to act on with consistency because you could do it this way today and that way tomorrow. You have to do less. Begin with less. Stop trying to get consistent with five or six things at once or by focusing on one thing in general that's really a culmination of 24 different things in a given day. An example of that is instead of, I need to eat better, I need to get consistent with my nutrition so that it becomes habitual, what if you just focus on breakfast? Breakfast is going to be a fat loss friendly meal every single day, no matter what, no matter where I am, no matter how I feel, no matter how much time I have, that is the habit I'm going to work on. Now, I tell my clients a million times, it feels like I just repeat myself, that you know those easy buttons they used to have from like Staples or whatever that were on commercials? I feel like I need to have, or heck, even as a podcaster, I need to have a series of buttons that are the things I say over and over again. And in the consistency course, I feel like I always say, where we start is not where we stay because there's this tremendous resistance to doing just one thing or focusing on just one piece because, well, but there's all these other things. Yes, there are all these other things, not just for you, for all of us. But if we really want to make something a habit, then we can't tackle it six things at a time or 20 things at a time. You make faster progress when you are focused. And you can be focused when you have a smaller target. Stop trying to get consistent with a bunch of things at once. Do less, niche down, understand that you'll be able to progress more quickly when you do that. When I was writing a book, and I'm, I'm gearing up into, I've been in this weird spot. This is completely unrelated, but I've been in this weird spot about what my next writing project is for a while. And 
I think I finally have some clarity around that. So I'm getting to the point where I need to build in that consistency and make daily writing a habit again with a focus. And there's a really big difference between saying, I need to write every day. I need to write every day. I need to write a book. I need to work on the book every single day. There's a difference between saying that and saying, I'm going to write, say, 200 words a day. I mean, that's a very, very low number, but that, that would be a great example of some place to start not, you know, a chapter, not on a particular talk. I'm going to write 200 words every single day before 10 a.m., right? Or it, you don't even need the time restriction on there if that doesn't work for you. It generally works for me because I know my schedule and that's that's usually a good thing that helps me to knock it out and not keep saying, I'll do it later, I'll do it later, I'll do it after the kids go to bed. You have to make it small, specific, and actionable. One of the things that I talk about and I think I mentioned this recently in one of the Consistency 365 podcasts, it's capitalize on the difference between having a plan and being prepared. A lot of times when we want to build consistency, we have a plan, which is fantastic and often not helpful enough because having a plan is very, very different from being prepared. I'm not going to belabor this point too much because I feel like I've done several episodes on that topic, but I'll say this capitalize on the difference between having a plan and being prepared. Having a plan is fine, but it's generally not enough for most people. Spend that extra bit of effort being prepared. Being prepared. Use your past patterns to your advantage. I had this conversation with a client the other day who expressed to me that she was frustrated that she failed again. And I was like, you you didn't fail. You just have more experience. Failure to me, it's just giving up, I'm done, I'm not trying anymore. But all of the things that you have done that haven't worked, that is experience. And it's not just, oh, we're calling it something different so that we don't feel bad about it. No, no, it is valuable because you know the things that you've used to talk yourself out of action. You know your patterns that get in your way. That is valuable. For example, If you feel like you're crushing it, crushing it, crushing it, crushing it, but inevitably you go to the grocery store and you end up buying something that isn't aligned with your goals and eating it on the way home and that's a pattern for you, use that. That is so valuable. Maybe it means that you want to do grocery shopping at a different time of day, that if you do your grocery shopping at eight in the morning, it's a very different experience than if you do your grocery shopping at six at night. Or maybe it means that you want to shift from to doing something like Instacart, grocery delivery, and that that makes a big difference. Use your past patterns to your advantage. Use your past patterns to your advantage. Learn from it. If you know that when you get up early, the day goes way better than when you don't, use that. There's so much gold in the things that we resist and we resent and we chalk up as failure. No, man, that that holds the information that you need that you can learn from if you just look at it. Now, this is where we shift into the talk I've been having with myself lately that is so valuable. Let me set a little bit of context first before I go into what it looks like for me. I want you to remember, 
that you can very simply make the disciplined choice. Now, I didn't say easily, very simply make the disciplined choice, whether you want to or not, whether you have a practice or not, whether you feel like it or not, you can show up that way and you probably already do in other areas of your life because the inconsistency that you demonstrate with your health or your finances, you know it would never fly in your career. You know that if you were just like, oh, I don't feel like it, I'll start tomorrow. And if you had that attitude in your job, you know you wouldn't have that job. So you probably have those feelings in your job of like, I really don't want to do this. But you make the disciplined choice. You no doubt have days in your job where you're tired or you're overwhelmed and you still show up and execute because you understand that you wouldn't have that job if you didn't. Well, the same thing is true with your health or your finances or your relationship. You're not going to have the health that you want if you keep telling these stories. You can simply make the disciplined choice even though you don't want to, which begs the question, well, how? Like, I get it. I understand, but I'm still talking myself out of it. Here's the conversation that I've been having with myself. And I want to say, I mean, it's been inspired by a lot of things. But recently, it's been inspired by Jesse Itzler, and he was doing this uh, bike ride across the country with some of his buddies, and one of his, and this is my perspective, right? This is not verbatim from his mouth, but one of my assessments of the way he lives his life is doing difficult things, doing challenging things because of the rewards in life that come from that. And it makes me ask myself, Elizabeth, why are you looking for it to be easy? Because you are not going to have a rich, beautiful, fulfilling, vibrant life if you're looking for things to be easy. Why do you want it to be easy? Why do you want it to be easier? Why do you want to avoid the difficult thing? Silly example, but this is, this is something I very much use this conversation in my life about. When in the afternoons, I typically am one on three with the kids. So Chris has the afternoons to do what needs to be done. It's usually stuff, you know, work around the house and in the yard. And so it's me uh, post my work morning with the three kids who Roman just turned two and the twins are eight months. And it is easiest to just like have them all contained in the house and I'll play with Roman and kind of bounce back and forth. And I've had many moments where it's like, I'd love to take everybody outside, but it's just, it's tricky. It's challenging because, you know, Roman wants to run down and see the goats and I can't easily like bring girls down there. If the girls need to eat, then I can't chase Roman around. And so it's just easier to stay inside. But if I make parenting decisions based on what's easier or avoiding what's challenging, I really limit what we're going to experience and what they're going to experience. And I'm really closing myself off from adventure and good moments, all because I didn't want it to be hard. All because I wanted it to be a little easy. No, like hell no, I don't want that life. And so when I have these moments where it would just be easy to put my feet up and have a spicy margarita and go to bed early and not get in my workout. When I look for and seek out what feels easiest and when I avoid it 
something because it just feels challenging. Like it's so much easier to stay inside and like not go do the workout than get up and do the workout. I am just limiting my life in so many ways. I'm limiting my health. I'm limiting my joy. I'm limiting my confidence. I'm limiting my life in every single way when I seek out what feels easier and I resist and I resent what feels difficult. I want to be a person right now who not only does what is challenging because I can, because we can just make that choice and do it, I want to be the person who seeks that out. I want to be the person who doesn't look for what is comfortable and what feels easy. I want to be the person who resists that. No way do I want that to be my life. The easy, everybody's on the couch at seven, feet up, chill. Like, no, uh uh-uh. I don't want that to be my life. And I will tell you, the more I have that conversation with myself, the happier I am the more I am likely to do what is best for me and best for my kids and best for my marriage and best for my business and best for my finances. And it feels so good and it is so worth it. Why do you want it to be easier? Do you understand that that pursuit is so limiting? And I know I sound like intense because I am, because this is important, because this is your life, because this is the quality of the life you create for yourself. Like this matters. When we resist what feels hard or challenging or difficult and instead look for and yearn for what's just easier and more comfortable, we are closing off our lives and our potential and limiting ourselves to something that is so much less than what is possible. I don't want that for me. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for you. This kind of leads into the other approach to what we started talking about is, yes, there is a natural deterioration of enthusiasm. That's not a problem. It's not bad because, again, you can make this choice whether you feel like it or you don't, whether you're enthused or you're not, whether you're motivated or you're not, high drive or low drive, it doesn't matter. But the other thing is you can decide to become great at building your own enthusiasm instead of letting enthusiasm be something that happens to you or letting drive or motivation be something that happens to you. For example, you're very passive in the experience of drive or enthusiasm when it just comes from the fact that you saw an unflattering picture of yourself or the fact that you listened to an inspiring podcast or you observed somebody else and their actions inspired you. That's very passive and that's not wrong. Those things happen to me all the time and I'm grateful for them. But you can be, and I would say for success need to be, an active participant in drive, in enthusiasm, in motivation. You can create it. I don't want you to be passive and have this just be something that befalls you. Like, no, no, no. You can be active. I've told you before that one of my strategies, I keep a folder in Google Drive of things that inspire me. And I revisit it regularly. Not just when I feel like it, because chances are I need to be in there when I least feel like it. So this is pictures, quotes, podcast episodes I want to go back to, random thoughts that I've had. And you can have 
You can have it on your calendar of when to go in there. You can do it, you know, every morning during your walk. You can do it, you know, at any interval. But that is something that helps me. But you can also just talk to yourself in a way that builds enthusiasm or drive. Why am I excited about where I'm going? Why am I excited about how I want to feel at the end of the day today? And what am I going to do and not do to get there? How am I excited to feel when I wake up in the morning and in a week from now after a few awesome days? Like, be active in this. Don't just let it be something that happens to you because, huh, I saw a really cool quote today. Or, geez, I really haven't seen anything that motivates me lately. Be an active participant. But I want to invite you to have a conversation similar to the one that I've been having and I have it when I notice my resistance to doing things that feel challenging in work, in motherhood, and even just cleaning up my house. In my food choices, I don't want to be somebody who just looks to do what is easy and resists and resents what feels hard because of what I know that means for the life that I will create and the life I will experience and the human that I will be and the relationships that I will have. Maybe you need to come back to this episode a few times. I know I do. And I will. It's going in the folder. It's going in the folder. I don't want you to miss out on so much just because you're looking for the path of least resistance. What if you start to define yourself as someone who looks for the things in life that require effort because you want to live that way and you want the rewards of that kind of life? There aren't many rewards in life for the easy path. Most of them flow from hard work. So what if you decide, I'm somebody who seeks that out. I'm somebody who wants that. I desire that. And remember that where you start isn't where you stay. So how it feels on day one or week one or year one is not how it's going to feel on week two or month two or year two because it's going to become easier as you go. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know if it speaks to you the way it speaks to me, and I'll see you tomorrow.